Hello, this is Greater, Stronger, Wiser. Two overthinking musicians. I'm Philippa. And I'm Hannah. And we're doing a series of podcasts in which we have deep chats about music, life and other things. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or if you have any questions, let us know. You can find our details in the bio below. I think the fact that we're talking about this, Mm. maybe to some people who are listening, might put people off. Like, Mm. I think... these conversations can get so caught up in what people believe or kind of exist pre-existing judgments that people have Mm. about whether someone believes something or doesn't or whatever but I think yeah I think I think it's really important to to kind of hear someone like you speak about the kind you know the reasons why you invest in this religion and what it does Mm. for you and Mm. And how it gives you all of these skills, like this toolbox of how to how to be honest and gracious and mm. how to forgive. And I think I think those are really important lessons and they can sometimes be tough to learn without without that kind of context. Um mm. And I'm really grateful for you, Hannah, actually letting me talk about these things because mm. I know that all those things you said are just so true like in terms of it is really hard for people to have these conversations because Mm. people really do have these preconceived judgments and Mm. some of them are rightly founded you know you know Mm. I understand why people find it problematic and I'm Mm. understanding that more and more as I read more and more and as I learn more and more I'm like Mm. no wonder people find this difficult no wonder Mm. people are like I cannot reconcile this with my especially you know people who are for social justice and are yeah. for inclusion and um equity in culture you know like sharing in that mm. in democratic way you know like i think sometimes the way that we talk about religion can just be, feel very autocratic can't it? it can feel very like hey hello hannah how was your week how was my week busy Mm-hmm. work 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 mm. and um yeah just trying to figure out what to do and mm. yes yeah, so I work two jobs three including my music so mm-hmm. it's just trying to get the balance right of everything yeah, that's um, hard and have boundaries mm. um but yeah I think I've managed I think I've managed all right this week Oh, it's just good. been a lot I've, and I've really felt tired because <laughs> didn't realize how tired I was until well I had a line this morning nice good it's a Saturday everyone don't judge me <laughs> <laughs> I lie <laughs> every morning <laughs> I had a lie and then I also had a nap <laughs> oh that's nice so that was really nice your week been mate yeah it's been all right um been a little bit down this week um just one of those up and down things um yeah yeah, I think just at the moment like I think it's really difficult to make decisions (laughs) because Mm. there are so many choices you can't make Mm -hmm. and then there are the kind of small choices that you can make but sometimes they can kind of feel overwhelming in themselves because we can't make many choices at the moment Mm -hmm. on like the bigger stuff Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think I've just kind of had one of those weeks where I'm just a bit like oh I don't want to do anything I'm not motivated just like Mm. feeling really sluggish like not much energy kind of thing um yeah but I think so many people are experiencing that like yeah I spoke to so many people who feel the same way um yeah so yeah just and we feel it in different ways as well because like, mm. I definitely felt that a couple of weeks ago mm. I was looking at because I log my hours every week mm. and I was looking at April and mm. I had I did fewer hours than I was supposed to just because I just couldn't motivate myself yeah. to do my contracted hours I'm allowed to, I was allowed to do that because of toil yeah that I'd sure. accrued over the over the first part of the year yeah but I just looked at my April hours I was like oh my gosh 
Oh, maybe I'm dubbing myself in here. <laughs> but no, but actually, do you know what? I think these circumstances are different. And like the hours I did mm. put in, they yeah. weren't the most productive, quote unquote. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what productivity even means now. Mm. Like they weren't the most productive. It feels like hours I've ever done. Mm. You know, compared to the compared to January and Feb when I was yeah. working yeah. so hard. Yeah. And accrued so many hours, so mm. much toil. Mm. in comparison it felt like I was just you know mm. lazing around because yeah. I just couldn't motivate myself yeah absolutely so mate I feel you and I'm oh thanks I'm <laughs> sorry that you're feeling that way oh thank you I've been looking forward to this though it's been looking forward to chatting to you yeah and I you <laughs> cool so um yeah so we, we're gonna do some topics each week um mm-hmm. and this week what are we talking about this week philippa this week we're talking about religion <laughs> yay yay everyone's favorite topic everyone's favorite topic <laughs> you know right up there right up there with brexit <laughs> brexit's done mate they did brexit they did brexit it's finished oh gosh i'm brexit <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Brexit this conversation. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we're talking about religion. Yeah. So week. we sent each other some stuff um, mm-hmm. to kind of think about. Um, but I don't know. If first, you want to talk about your relationship with religion, Philippa? Yeah. So, oh, mate, how <laughs> how much do you want me? To, how deep do you want me to go? <laughs> don't mind. What do you like? Okay, so for me, it's been a really long journey in terms of getting mm-hmm. to this place that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, you know, in a very free-thinking environment. Like, my parents had very different views in terms of religion and faith. So my mum mm-hmm. is a strong Christian, mm-hmm. and my dad wasn't. And so... Mm-hmm. I think very. Uh, I think a lot of the time I've placed a lot of emphasis on it being like, oh, am I am I choosing one or the other if I choose mm. Christianity or not? Mm. That's hard um, as a kid as well. I think so. Because that would be how it would feel, I guess. I think so because at that stage you haven't really fully formed. Mm. Although I think from a very young age I had decided that it's what I wanted to follow and it is what mm. I wanted to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of it was influenced by how my mum experienced faith as well so mm. it wasn't until I got a bit older that I decided that it was from that I was going to follow it my way mm. I don't know yeah I yeah I think that's fair I think that's fair to say um I did have a period you know classic teenager gets philosophical <laughs> I had that phase when I was about 15 between 15 and 17 um life wasn't great and I think I just was trying to reconcile how all the hardship that we were going through as a family I just didn't mm. understand how God fit in all of that mm. um, based on my previous understanding of who God was and what mm. and I think I just thought of him as like a genie who just gives you all your wishes and hopes and dreams mm. and I don't I don't think he is like that um, now as a as someone who has formed their thoughts about God now mm. um and then I feel like going through that philosophical phase got me to a stage where I actually now understand philosophically why I believe in God. But I think it was really the emotional side of it that brought me to back to him or mm. brought me back to faith. It's like, actually, I really think this is important for me as an individual, as, an, as a human being, mm. Mm. in terms of just my ideas of accountability and justice and... Mm. Um, why we value like putting value on human life like it's very much related to my faith Mm. um so that's how I got to it and then I I got to university and experienced a very interesting world of Christianity (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering how you'd talk about this (laughs) um I so before getting to university I was part of a Pentecostal church maybe is what is how I describe mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to uni and I experienced a very conservative evangelical mm. type of Christianity 
Mm. And I think everyone that's part of that world is well-meaning. I don't think they mean harm. I don't think they, I don't think they want to hurt people. I don't think there mm. is any malice in the way that they hold on to their views, their values, and their beliefs. And I learned so much of being part of that community. And I am still mm. part of it now because the church that I go to is fairly, I think, yeah, fairly conservative evangelical. Mm. Um, I just now that I'm no longer part of it, I found it. I realized that I found it really problematic. I found it problematic at the time, but I couldn't put mm. my finger on it. Mm. And we're going to talk about a video that I sent to you called "Decolonizing the Bible," um, mm-hmm. and a lot of what I felt in that environment. Again, I want to I want to stress it. I don't think there was any malice in it. I think it's just mm. as a result of what's been handed down and how we've been mm. conditioned as people, as a society, mm. and how that's affected Christianity. Mm. Um, I think that's just the the framework within which they were working in. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I found that really damaging for me. Mm. Um, and that I went through a period of bitterness and just being like, I really don't like those people at all. Mm, yeah, um, Because I felt like there was just no space for any difference, any diversity, mm. any like acknowledgement of, unless we're talking very theological, very structured, very string, like very confined ways, do we mm. only, only do we ever talk about the context of the Bible? Um, mm. And in a way that suits perpetuating certain ways in which we treat other people um and in a way that perpetuates discrimination essentially and exclusivity um that's the only time we talk about the context but when we actually want to when it when we actually have to be challenged by the way that we're living our lives it's like oh no context isn't really that relevant right now (laughs) context isn't really that relevant i'm like okay cool (laughs) cool then i see whose context is relevant and whose context isn't so i went through that phase and having said that I didn't realize how much it affected me until I was out of Mm, it but I myself became a really judgmental person whilst being part of that Mm. community because I don't think it's anyone telling me to be judgmental I think it's just you know when you pick up on a culture yeah you just catch it you catch the culture and then you end up being this person and I remember being so unkind to some friends Mm. and if you're listening I hope you forgive me um, but I remember being so unkind and so yeah. ungracious mm. and which is who God is. Um, I remember lacking compassion, lacking richness in love. God is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. And I don't remember being like that. Mm. Um, I remember my brother was, when my dad died and my brother was going through a really hard time of it and mm. he resorted to, well, he's talked about this in his music, so I think I can share it now publicly but like he really struggled with drug addiction Mm. and drug abuse and I I wasn't really kind to him and I wasn't really Mm. there for him because I feel like I feel like part of me was ashamed and that's not necessarily Mm. what was that's not how people necessarily were in that community Mm. but I think there's just a culture around we are all the good guys and like Mm -hmm. if someone comes into our community who has struggled with these things it's like we're the good guys for welcoming them in, welcoming them in rather than like, look how amazing God is and how gracious God is. Mm. That like, actually it doesn't matter that this person's had, has this history. Mm. You know, I think there's too much, oh, it's just a weird community to be a part of because it's yeah. a lot of, you know, when you use the term white savior, mm. it's a lot of that, but it's just like Christian savior. And it's like, no, but Jesus is our savior. We're not the saviors here. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. But I just don't know if there's a full grasping of that. I don't know if people fully grasp that. Um, and yeah, it's just a it's just a very white middle class mm. community to be a part of. Mm. And people pride themselves on that. And I think some some people hold on to more of that than they do to actually the. Um, maybe I'm being really harsh, but I feel like people hold on to that more than they do who Jesus is and like who yeah. Jesus is calling us to be I'm like I don't think Jesus cares about you living your fancy life Mm, I think he cares about who you're looking after (laughs) your fancy life and who who are you taking care of like Mm. seek justice love mercy and walk humbly Mm. with your God like Mm. that's in the Bible like God asks us like God is he says that to the other like 
you've not been doing this and I'm really upset that you haven't been doing this like mm. I've been asking you to seek justice love mercy and I don't see that I just see you guys eating wine and cheese mm. and I'm not mm. saying I don't enjoy wine and cheese don't get me wrong I love me some wine and cheese <laughs> <laughs> so oh my gosh yeah so now yeah. I'm at a stage where I'm I am going through a process of forgiving I'm going through a process mm-hmm. of recognizing that it's not that easy when you are part of a culture mm. to just say oh okay we're, we're gonna not do this anymore we're gonna do this now because we love Jesus it's mm. like these things take time and it's taken a process it's taken me five years to come out of it and be like oh I was really not a nice person mm. when I was influenced by these ideas but when I was influenced by this culture um and there's still so much I have to learn and still so much that I am I fall short of in terms mm. of who I think God is calling me to be. Mm. Um, but I think I have a lot more compassion for myself. And even my mum's noticed it. She's like, gosh, Philippa, you used to be so uptight. Like, <laughs> and it's because I think I just wanted to be right and always be yeah. good. Like, I yeah. wanted to be good at being good. Yeah. I think this is something that I've learned that there's- it's a community that's very good at being good. Mm there's so much expectation there isn't there there's so much Mm. kind of pressure and weight on what you should be and about I don't know what's right and wrong Mm. and actually I think I don't think anyone ever gets anything right I don't think Mm -mm. there's no objective I mean okay just going into my beliefs but I don't think Mm -hmm. there's an objective kind of view of what's right and wrong I think like Mm -hmm. you know you have to just act in the best way you see fit with the information that you had at that time mm. and especially when you're still growing I mm. think um yeah it's so easy to get swept up in a culture that's just kind of enforcing that and it's sa- it feels safe as well because you know yeah. as humans we seek spaces where we feel included and mm-hmm. if that's excluding other people who of who are of a certain demographic or they do something in particular Mm. then you're gonna join in aren't you because it feels safer and you want to find a group especially when you're going to uni and you're Mm. trying to find your place in your head and in the world Mm -hmm. and at your (laughs) uni (laughs) it's so understandable why that might happen but you know also amazing to come through that I think I, I can't I can't talk about my journey without talking about canvas yeah because canvas was an amazing part of that I don't Mm. think it would be fair to not mention how Mm. important Canvas was to me where I was just surrounded by people who were just so authentic Mm. and weren't trying to be the saviour right Mm. but they were because of their authenticity Mm. you felt safe and you felt Mm. like I can be honest about my struggles about what I'm going through like there was just an authenticity there Mm. that I didn't feel like I had when I was part of the conservative evangelical group mm. whereas at canvas and i remember some people being like are they even real christians and i'm like oh my gosh guys wow. you've got so wow. the wrong end of the stick people here say that. that's yeah. so interesting from an outside perspective like someone maybe you just want to explain what um what canvas is in just a few few words yeah so canvas so it's run by christians and um it's run by like six to ten people depending on how many people sign up to be on staff and it's set up from a an american organization called global scope and there are loads across the world Mm. um it's a house it's like a it's a free coffee shop they do free tea and coffee just pop in grab yourself a cup of tea play a board game if you want to play a board game sit and read your book if you want to read your book and there's always someone there to just sit and talk with you if you want to sit and talk um they are very open about their faith in terms of the fact that they're a Christian group. So their ethos is figuring out life and faith, bringing, um, a creating community and bringing a bit more love to Birmingham. Uh, and that's, that's what they do. And yeah, it was such an easy place to be a mm. Christian because there was that expectation to get it right all the time wasn't there anymore. Mm. And I think it's because of a security in their identity as Christians. I think that's where it came from. Personally, that's what I believe. Mm. 
And that security meant that there was more exploration in terms of how do we seek more to understand more about who we are. Like, okay, so I'm falling short. Like, we we do believe that there is an objective. Like, this is what... I, I say that. And I do <sighs> believe that there is an objective. Like, this is what God says. Mm. But I think that understanding develops with time. Mm. Because I can read the Bible today and what I read today is different to what I'm going to read, what I'm going to see tomorrow. Mm. You know, and I think I have to allow for that. And it's not to say that it's not true. It's just to say I've experienced different things that mm. are now shaping the way that I view this. And I, the, the filter has changed. The lens has changed because my experiences have changed. You know, mm. I've experienced more of the world. I've met mm. different people, you know. Um, and I think Canvas allows for that. And because it's a vet, the community... of people that come to canvas is very diverse Mm. you know you've got international students you've got people on you know you've got people on the sexuality spectrum that would never feel safe in 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 a group of christians like you've Mm. got people along the gender spectrum who would never feel safe in a bunch of christians Mm. you've got people in the ethnicity spectrum you know i'm just like this is just people hanging out and Mm. most people that come to canvas aren't christian uh we don't expect people we I don't work there anymore (laughs) but there's no expectation for anyone to come through those doors and to suddenly start believing in Jesus Christ like there's no it's just we just want to be people together and figure out these things um alongside each other Mm. I was just imagining then as you said expectation to come through the door I was just imagining like baptisms on the door (laughs) (laughs) dunk your head in some water then you come in (laughs) (laughs) free baptism (laughs) the idea of that actually fills me with a bit of anxiety (laughs) how about you hannah sorry that was really long no it's great to hear about nice to hear i don't know as someone who's been well yeah i don't know seeing that kind of process go on a little bit for you um it's Mm. interesting to hear it kind of condensed like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah i am non-religious um I grew up in, well, my parents are both Christians. Mm-hmm. We went to an evangelical church for a little while until I was probably about six. Mm-hmm. And uh, I probably won't say too much, but um, my mm-hmm. parents struggled with different churches with um, feeling like they were accepted. Mm. and um, I'm feeling like other people were accepted kind of a similar thing to what you were saying and they after that really struggled to find their place within within Christianity and within Christian settings um, mm-hmm. and then I went to a Catholic school so a pr- Catholic primary school mm-hmm. mainly just because they had a really nice field <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a really nice field where you could go and run around so that was mm-hmm. why my parents chose it really um and also because if St Joseph's are listening uh, they are definitely Catholics and so are we um mm-hmm. but um yeah so that meant that I grew up with pretty I don't know I think pretty problematic ideas about faith and that mm. not that's not necessarily because I went to a Catholic school but there's certain things that I learned that I could and couldn't explore or talk about in that school, particularly mm-hmm. things that I think lots of people, you know, whether you're in a Church of England or a Catholic school or a secular school, mm-hmm. lots of people in the kind of early noughties didn't get good sex education. They didn't mm-hmm. get good relationships education. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the thing I struggle with most with the kind of Catholic this kind of idea of abstinence (laughs) Mm. which it just closes down a conversation that Mm -hmm. needs to be had with young people Mm -hmm. it gives you a definitive answer when you think how many how many of these young people are going to turn to 16 and Mm. be like oh no I don't actually want to but also (laughs) don't have any of the language or any Mm. of the kind of any of the skills that you need to navigate relationships or sexual relationships Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like I think that was for me why I fell out of it because it felt like I don't know probably 13 14 it just felt so irrelevant to my life Mm -hmm. it felt really 
it didn't feel very cool it felt like there were lots of kind of old people telling young people what to do but not listening to them mm-hmm. and it was kind of like an extension of my parents kind of falling out of it and not feeling that accepted mm-hmm. um so it kind of all happened at the same time mm. um but they still describe themselves as christians mm. depending on what week you ask them <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so until kind of uni, I had a pretty just kind of, uh, don't understand that people who are Christian are weird mm. and they don't understand. And um, I think that probably lasted until we became friends, I'd say, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm totally honest. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think, yeah. I remember when I first met you and you, we, you know, you, we really hit it off mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, and then you said you worked for a Christian charity and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, mate, I, was I like, remember being like, great. oh, I, I can tell she's not about this. <laughs> I was like, she doesn't like the Christian thing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's just turn that bit down. <laughs> so funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But we had so much in common. I was like, I'm not going to let this friendship just go just because. (laughs) I know. And you kept persisting. I I was like, oh, it's this Christian again. (laughs) God. She's trying to to turn me into one of them. She wants me to come to their weird meeting house and then baptise me at the door. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, you were really nice and... I came to Canvas mm. and they gave me free food mm-hmm. and people were friendly and I was like, oh, this doesn't seem so bad. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then I've grown up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, the thing is, I understand. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I can tell you do from what from your experience as well. Mm. I think it's, I think it's it's possible to go two ways with it, isn't it? There's, mm. you can either completely reject it. Mm. or you can kind of you know find your own way with it Mm. and yeah yeah I'm not gonna lie our friendship also affected how I felt about it because I Mm. your response to Christianity I was like it really frustrated me Mm. the way that Christians behave sometimes that means that you now feel as though oh gosh it's one of those Christians Mm. do you know what I mean like I was like why is it that she feels that way that's upsetting to me because it's not entirely on you right like yeah it's like when I sometimes talk to my family members and the way they talk about white people I'm like oh gosh I'm like no but I understand like (laughs) when I meet when I'm hanging out with some of my white friends I'm like oh this is why black people don't like you (laughs) Is that what you say? That's, no, what you say that's not us. what I say, but I just feel it. I'm like, you know, oh, this okay. is why people don't like you. This, is, this makes sense why my cousins speak this way when I hang out with these people. I'm like, oh gosh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Oh, this is, funny. do you know? And so it's that that was part of it. Yeah. Um, I also get that from my, I get the Christian thing as well from my family as well. Like, oh, mm. Philip, you're trying to like preach to me again. Like, you don't be so preachy all the time. I'm like. <laughs> okay I'm gonna just rein it in (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I'm aware I can be but I'm quite evangelical about everything though you know when I love something (laughs) I want everyone to know about it yeah that's the thing like that's just how I am about everything um yeah so I can't help if it's the same about my faith but (laughs) I also am aware that we're all on a different journey we're all in a different space we're all on a different I just had a flashback to when I came to yours and I had breakfast mm. with your dad and we we're talking about Christianity. Oh, that was cute. And we we're talking about God. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've treasured that moment in my head and my heart for a really long <laughs> in time. My head. In my head and my heart. <laughs> oh, Me and Ed talking do you about. What it was, do you remember what it was about? We were talking about the Trinity mm-hmm. um, and talking about how. Um, we're talking about how often it's gendered and mm. I oh gosh maybe I'm going to start saying some problematic things <laughs> and people <are> like <laughs> but you know what okay I don't oh, I don't believe God is gendered uh-huh. at the end 
um, I believe that Jesus. So God is three in one: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is the only gendered member of the Holy Trinity. I believe. Okay. The and so I went to this talk, which was actually part of my training for Canvas, as they were just talking about. There's like a theology section, uh-huh. and there's this woman called Miriam who's just amazing. Mm. Um, and she was talking about God, um, the power, the force, which is the Holy Spirit, mm. and then God the son which is jesus and god the creator mm. um i think she's used a different term for jesus i can't remember what it was but it's like god the power god the creator and god the man i'm guessing <laughs> god the man <laughs> and god the man <laughs> um and i just found it really helpful yeah. so i was like it doesn't have to be so like we, we, we confine God a bit too much sometimes. Mm. And I was like, actually, it's really helpful to think about how God meets me in my different states, like, mm. or meets me in different ways. And that sometimes I do just need a bit more extra oomph in my life. And that's, you know, the power, that's the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes mm. I just need someone that gets me. And that's God the Son. That's Jesus, mm. who was a human being and lived like a human being and mm. knows suffering and knows pain and knows joy and knows comfort and knows friendship. Mm. And, like having that version of God, I'm like, oh yeah, God gets me. Mm. And having God, the creator, um, and having that ultimate say, you mm. know, the, the, a creator has ultimate say over its creation. You know, like even when you think about when we're creating a song, like we have ultimate say about mm. where is this song going? Like what's what's the journey? What's the process here, right? That's the, that's the purpose of the creator. And so it's really helpful to have that of like, I'm a created being and that's and that's okay I feel mm. like there's humility I it gives me humility and it also just it takes the pressure off when mm. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what the point is anymore I'm like that's okay because I have a creator who's like I created you I got th- I've got this I know what the process what the journey mm. is oh that's so um, nice that sounds very nice <laughs> I, I got it you is nice when I, I got you girl I got you <laughs> It is nice, especially when I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like oh, other yeah. times I'm like flailing about, yeah. like, Lord! <laughs> and then other times I'm like, do you know what? Yeah. There's someone who's looking out for me and Aww. that's okay. Mm. And so I can just take the pressure mm. off and, yeah. Mm. And and enjoy my creativity mm. in that risk. And afterwards, like once you've taken the pressure off, you're like, okay, I get to just enjoy my creativity mm. and not feel like, you know, I feel like the world just puts so much pressure of like, you've got to produce, you've got to produce. I'm like, no, I'm not wasting time by just mm. enjoying the gifts that I've been given, you know? Mm. Like this this isn't a waste of time, Hannah. Mm. Like this is us enjoying the fact that we love talking about things. <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> I mean? we love talking. Yeah, no, absolutely. That we love talking. Absolutely. And we love each other. Aww. This is friendship is such a blessing. It's such a Aww. gift. Especially when I think about how long we've known each I other know. and all the things that we've been through together you know yeah so yeah i think that's how i think about it. that's yeah that's a conversation i have with your dad and that's <laughs> what it, that's what it makes me think about <laughs> good old ed how is ed poor son oh, ed's, how is he? ed's doing very well ed's on an emotional journey oh, yeah, he's loving moment. life he's he's <laughs> he's loving like he's doing very well in lockdown i feel like um mm. like so I don't know like people just go kind of different ways in situations like this Mm. like he's found Mm. some space and some time that Mm. he hasn't had for years really Mm. um and it's been I think for some it's hard to know how much I can talk about this but um Mm. I think when you're kind of when you kind of get to kind of 50, 60 and you're kind of looking towards the next few years of your life, I think it can be such a scary period. And I mm. think it's given him a bit of a taste of a quieter, slower life. Um, so yeah, do you want to chat about uh, decolonizing the Bible? Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Ooh, I haven't actually heard your okay, thoughts yet, Hannah. Okay. I want to know what you think. What you th- what? What did you think? I really liked it. I think oh, it was a couple okay. of weeks ago. I watched it now. Um, wreck your brains. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting watching it as a non-Christian because mm-hmm. it's it's always interesting when you know something's been 
like developed and created for a particular audience Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. as someone who's not really in that world very much I mean they're also American and they're both Mm -hmm. um, African-American women too so as a white British non-Christian woman mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. a really interesting insight into just some of the some of the things they were talking about and some of the challenges mm-hmm. um, that I know we've spoken out about before about mm-hmm. um, feeling like feeling quite left out sometimes of that quite kind of white male dominated world of Christianity mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. the Bible um, is interpreted to kind of yeah to kind of as you said earlier perpetuate the power structures that we have in the mm-hmm. world um, and it's really interesting hearing them talk about their experiences um, one mm-hmm. woman who grew up in apartheid South Africa and just about that experience and finding faith in that experience and mm-hmm. I felt like they were so wise <laughs> it was really <laughs> nice to be in their company um, it was wasn't yeah. it I think the thing that stood out most for me was something that you said over the phone the fact that you know we all kind of have this picture of of white Jesus <laughs> and mm. he's in you know he's in all the kind of storybooks that you get when you're younger and mm. uh, on like the pictures that you draw and on the stained glass windows and as someone I don't know quite a visual person so I can bring to mind Mm. a lot of those images from childhood Mm. um Mm. and it and you know in this we're talking about how a Palestinian Jewish man um (laughs) whose (laughs) parents fled with him to Egypt so Mm. that they would blend in better Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he's not going to be white <laughs> like right. they went right. to Africa so that he could blend in with the people around them so that they wouldn't be caught but yeah I think that that stood out most for me um, mm. just that kind of I don't know that that stark contrast between how people talk about Jesus in the west and how it's used to kind of create you know an image of I don't know you think about white supremacists or white Christian Americans and you think like Mm. a lot of that is is based on this book about a Palestinian Jew Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like who was like really not keen for a lot of the stuff that these people enjoy doing and enjoy talking about (laughs) And so it's just interesting mm-hmm. coming from a kind of justice and morality point of view because you think how how is this yeah. so far from what what it's meant to be about? And I think mm. I think um I think non-religious people are probably quick to dismiss the Bible as something that's not important or as something mm. that maybe they don't need to think about. No, not necessarily thinking saying that people need to think about it, but I think mm. you know it has it's created our society all across the world mm. and it's created our understanding of what's right and wrong mm. and I think thinking about the ways in which that's used well or not well right now I think can help us understand I don't know understand our world understand the people in it and um not yeah. necessarily from a religious point of view just from a kind of human point of view yeah nice Mm. nice and I think especially when we think about history and Mm. when we think about the way anything influences anything Mm. in society you Mm. know just kind of like what you were saying it's really important to understand the actual context Mm. and I found it really helpful the way they were talking about how it was because of Constantine, you know, mm. all those years ago, the Roman Empire, because they were a bunch of white people who wanted, who realized that this was beneficial. Mm. Like, we can use, we need to control this, basically. Mm. And so then they were like, okay, let's let's make this work out for our game. Mm. Christianity, um, you mean? So this yeah, new Christianity, okay. yeah. yeah, 
this new religion that came out that was quite a rebellious mm. religion in terms of the Roman Empire. Mm. And they were doing things very radically different to the way that most people in the Roman Empire were doing things, right? Mm. And they're like, this is a problem. That's why they were killing them left, right and centre. Mm. You know, they weren't. They didn't want it to succeed until they knew that they could actually commodify it. Mm. And the moment it was commodified, it became white Jesus. Mm. The way that we speak, think about Christianity in Africa now, it's like, oh, it's, it was brought by civilised people. Mm. It was brought to civilise oh, wow. the uncivilised. But it, it was there before. Right. It's just that it got warped. Right. And then became this idea of civilization, and then got sent back right. as this is our idea of civilization. Like Christianity started in freaking in in Africa, it's in Ethiopia, very early on. Mm. Very one of the earliest churches in is in Ethiopia, wow. which is in Africa. You know, yeah, 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 and and in Sudan as well. One of some of the earliest churches yeah. are in Ethiopia and Sudan. Um, and yet we act like it was the west that brought it over That's to civilize so the uncivilized i didn't it's know like, that yeah 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 it's brought things into question for me a lot more in terms of the lens within which we're reading things mm. that's one of the other things one of the women said she was like when you're reading the bible like when you have a microscope you have different lenses some mm. of them zoom in mm. some of them zoom out and like use all the different lenses that you have mm. like sometimes do that deeper thinking but then sometimes zoom out and like and also do it in community, do it with other people who have different views and have different mm. experiences and have different, yeah, are gonna be viewing it with a different filter, let alone a different lens, you know? Mm. Because I think the way that we go through life means that there are certain characters that you're gonna identify with more so than others, you know? I speak to some people and they're like, oh, I really love that character in the Bible. I'm like, mm. oh, I never really noticed that person <sighs> before, but thank you for showing, like, thank you for revealing that to me because yeah that's just not my experience of life mm. and that's just not my that's not the angle that I'm coming at this from I'm coming at it from a very different angle mm. um and it's very easy to think that your angle is the right angle but actually all the angles are right oh no not all the perspectives are right because I think about I'm just like oh some people really use it to hurt people <laughs> and I just don't think that those perspectives are perspectives are ever right I don't Apart think it should ever ones. be I don't think it should ever be used to hurt yeah, people. No, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would question why that person would think, would interpret it that way. I'd want to know why they've come to that conclusion. Mm. But what were you going to say, Hannah? Sorry. I was just going to say, do you read much of the Old Testament? Yeah, I do. Mm. I really love the Old Testament. I'm actually currently reading a book called Temple to Tabernacle, which is um, uh, exploring the different dwelling places of God. So you know first the garden of eden then you had the tab mm. tabernacle that uh abraham built and then you or was it moses Ooh, i just read this <laughs> and then you have solomon's temple and then you've got the new temple that's built uh-huh. um during ezra slash nehemiah's time mm. there's the two main prophets and then and then you've got jesus who is a representation of the temple then you've got mm. us as human beings who are now the temple of god mm. and then you've got the new heavens and the new earth mm. in that's described in revelation i've not quite i've just read about um solomon's temple which is really interesting in terms mm. of um and that's how i found out that you know they're talking about um ethiopia being one of the places where we've got the early church right and um it's just really interesting reading those accounts of mm. the bible and mm. reading yeah just rereading it and understanding mm. the context because there were so many other cultures there were so many influences so many cultural influences mm. at that time mm. um re- when i'm reading the old testament oh how do i explain <sighs> it sometimes i'm like okay this is actually a lot of the time the narrator is telling you this ain't right Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people, maybe this author of the book that I'm reading now is is more like myself, mm-hmm. but the way that he was talking about King Solomon, a lot of people give, they're like, oh, King Solomon was a great king, but he did some bad things and that's awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was still great, like he was still really wise. Mm-hmm. And actually when I'm reading, after reading this book, he's talking like, 
Solomon was a very problematic person. Mm. And actually, when you read the Old Testament, this is what the person from the book that I'm reading mm. was saying, like, when you read the way that the narrator talks about Solomon, you realise that he's actually condemning him and saying everything that he did was against God's idea of what a king should be. Mm. So he did everything wrong. And so just because he built this massive temple, it was mm. actually all self-idolatry. So like everyone's like, oh, but he built the biggest temple for God. And it's like, yeah, but when you put it in context of everything else that he had, like mm. it was all a massive vanity project. Mm. And who does that remind you of that goes on about mm. God, but actually you know, has nothing <laughs> to do with God at all. It's like, everyone hails King Solomon, but actually what the Bible is telling you is like, this is how not to do it. Mm. Just because you built me a massive temple doesn't mean I want to be here. When the Israelites build the tabernacle, it's God saying, this is how I want you to do Like he, and this is what I love about it. It's like, he encourages the craftsmen. He he blesses them with the mm. ability to craft things. Like he encourages their creativity, right? Like he gives them the wisdom mm. and like enhances their talent to be creative. And it's like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I want you to do it like this. I want you to do it like that. And like, he entrusts them to create, to build this temple, to make this dwelling place for him. Mm. Whereas in Solomon's temple, like he just forces people. He basically, inscri- he like, he basically does slavery essentially. Mm. Like. Not call gets Solomon. A, not call Solomon. It's like, people, stop <laughs> praising Solomon for his temple. <laughs> it wasn't about God. It was about him. <laughs> and so I think there's just, and I think we do that too much to too many men. We're like, mm. oh, he wasn't, he's, yeah, he's a bit of a problematic guy, but like, look at all these things he did yeah. for God. I'm like, I don't know if he's doing that for God. Yeah. I don't know if he's doing that for God. I think he's doing it for himself. Yeah. Like let's be let's be discerning here when we're mm. talking about who's who loves god and who doesn't like i want to know how you treat people mm. when the, when they built the tabernacle people were doing it willingly people were doing it in community they were doing mm. it together they were doing it out of passion joy the creativity that they've been gifted with right like they were mm. doing it all out of an, an outpouring mm. um and dedication like everyone was willingly going because god says god says to moses i think it is moses yeah he he says to him like tell people to bring xyz um as as an offering and then the people just end up bringing too much because they're just all so keen (laughs) whereas and god's like that's enough now you can stop like you don't need to keep giving me stuff anymore like we have enough to build this tabernacle but with solomon's god basically gives solomon a warning it's like just don't forget who I am. Like, don't forget me. When you're doing this, like, don't forget me. So, yeah, that's what I... That's what reading the Old Testament... And maybe that's just me, like... I'm reading outside of just reading the Bible, but, like, reading other books that are mm. interpreting the Old Testament mm. in a really helpful way that also is relatable to today. Because, yeah. you know, there are people out here claiming that they love God and are doing things for God. And I'm like... Yeah, but how are you treating people? Mm. Are you enslaving people Mm. to love God? Like, are people in shackles? Are people being forced to labor for God? Because if they are, I don't think you love God because Mm. he doesn't ask for that. He doesn't force people Mm. to take part in something Mm. that they don't need to take part in. Mm. You know? So that's how I read (laughs) the Old Testament. (laughs) So I get very passionate about these things. No, it's really good to hear. I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I actually enjoy it. It's Just like a train me. setting up. It's like chick 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 chick. I have. Great. It really <laughs> is. And she's off. And she's off. And she's off. <laughs> I'm just really passionate about people understanding yeah. that God is gracious, compassionate, mm. slow to anger, and rich in love, and like. Mm. I want people to know that Mm. that's who he is Mm. and And I want people to I think the conversation like I think the fact that we're talking about this maybe Mm. to some people who are listening might put people off like Mm. I think these conversations can get so caught up in what people believe or kind of pre-existing judgments that people have about Mm. whether someone believes something or doesn't or whatever but I think the fact 
yeah I think I think it's really important to to kind of hear someone like you speak about the kind you know the reasons why you invest in this religion and what it does for Mm. you and how it reminds you to be more of yourself and Mm. and how it gives you you know all of these kind of all of these skills like this toolbox of how to how to be honest and gracious and Mm. how to forgive and I think I think those are really important lessons and they can sometimes be tough to learn without without that kind of context um Mm. and I'm really grateful for you Hannah actually letting me talk about these things because I know that all those things you said are just so true like in terms of it it's really hard for people to have these conversations Mm. because people really do have these preconceived judgments Mm. and some of them are rightly founded you know Mm. you know I understand why people find it problematic and Mm. I'm understanding that more and more as I read more and more and as I learn more and more I'm like Mm. no wonder people find this difficult Mm. no wonder people are like I cannot reconcile this with my especially you know people who are for social justice and are for you know inclusion and um equity in the Mm. way in culture like equity in culture you know like sharing in that Mm. in democratic way you know like I think sometimes the way that we talk about religion can just feel very autocratic can't it it can feel very Mm. like this is how things ought to be done yeah the end yeah no Um, absolutely and and I think I totally understand I think it's really nice to hear what you said earlier about it feeling like a process to you an ongoing process Mm. of figuring stuff out and I don't know learning who you are within that and I think you know we all go through processes Mm. anyway whether or not we're in a religion or with whatever we're dealing with and I think um I think I think when you say it like that I think it can feel a lot more relatable to kind of people's other emotional journeys that they might be on um Mm, mm. but um but yeah at least I find it relatable anyway oh thanks thanks (laughs) Han it's nice to hear about yeah how how do you feel in terms of your journey of thinking about faith and religion based on your upbringing and based on now knowing me like (sighs) How do you feel about that? I found the Lord. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, um, I think it's an interesting one. I think, um, I think, I think when you've grown up with something like that, it's really hard. Not hard because that kind of suggests that I don't want it to be there. But I think mm. it's. Um, it's something you have to get used to the fact that you kind of assume that there is this kind of higher being in the sky (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and I I think when I was younger I used to you know like say prayers and stuff like just Mm. as a kind of mindful thing before I went to bed about I don't know like um about school or my worries or whatever and that felt Mm -hmm. like something that I could do that felt like mine that was Mm -hmm. aside from all the other kind of complications that it arose for me and I mm. think for me that's probably developed a, I don't know a conversation that I can have with myself um mm-hmm. and sometimes if I'm feeling I don't know if I'm feeling particularly down or whatever or if something difficult's happened I can almost find myself reaching for that and it's not mm-hmm. you know not like I stop myself I don't mm-hmm. sound like that, but um, mm-hmm. it's interesting where you find your head going, and mm-hmm. um, and I think I, I, I find the kind of idea of Jesus, and you know the once you kind of actually understand his like social justice. Um, the, that was just his thing you know mm-hmm, <laughs> once you understand mm-hmm. that and once you kind of like think about what that's teaching us how can you mm-hmm. not as someone who also wants to invest in that f- 
find that mm. something that's useful to think about or useful to draw upon um mm-hmm. and I don't nec- I don't think I do that in a way I I can't really tap into any of the other stuff mm. um but on that basis I yeah I think about those things sometimes and um mm. and I find it helpful but I don't have any I wouldn't say that that makes me a religious person I think it's just mm-hmm. kind of taking those things from it really um but yeah, I think we all yeah. do that and I think um yeah. that you know kind of seeps into our society um in the ways mm. that we talk and think about things um as I was saying earlier about the kind of morality thing um mm. and I think people I think we never quite know the ways in which we're influenced and I think people are quite quick to say like oh I have nothing to do with that or whatever mm. um and I think that's just quite simplistic um and yeah it probably plays a role in lots of people's lives yeah yeah because none of us have been untouched by it you know yeah absolutely I mean growing up in a country that you know would say it's a christian country really exactly like, we still have a state church yeah you know like we still have a state we're not we're not a secular society no. you know? we have the church of england yeah mm. yeah and i like chatting to my parents about it because they're both religious and i don't really mm. know that many other christians apart from mm-hmm. yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and them and, yeah. and my nan's a quaker as well um oh love it I know wonderful woman nice mm. yeah I'm glad to hear that I I think that's also going to be something that people resonate with mm. and that you know I think a lot of us are especially in times like these when we're like mm. what is going on yes. Where, who isn't in control then yeah you know I think a lot of us are having a bit more of an existential mm. yeah an existential understanding of the world or trying to understand it or just really trying to get away from it Mm, mm. but I think where does peace come from I think people do find it in those prayers Mm, you know mm. um yeah to whoever and I think I think the idea of prayer I think can be quite scary for some people because I don't know it feels like it I don't know, it, feel, it feels like a kind of gesture of religion, which obviously it is, but I think mm. if if people can, you know, at the end of the day or in the middle of the day, you know, kind of try and tap into their feelings or their worries or their anxieties, it doesn't need to be to anyone. It mm. could just be a little note to yourself or whatever. I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's really powerful and can really help you especially thing when things are difficult um mm. and I definitely do that I mean I journal everything anyway so mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah and it is it is an act of meditation as well yeah, right? you're meditating on all the things it is just that release you yeah, know you just like okay I'm gonna let go of this yeah and yeah. I'm letting go of this yeah and I'm letting go of this yeah I'm letting go of this yeah. I'm letting go of this absolutely um, and I think it's really important whether you have a high power or not to yeah. to meditate yes. and to yeah. and to really think and to let go of those things, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And to not put the pressure on being like, I'm now not go- not going to worry about this, but actually just be yeah. like, okay, I just need to get this off my chest. Yeah. Even for that say, this moment, this is how I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. E- even you know, mm-hmm. mo- a lot of things that people are dealing with, especially right now. Um, but also, you know, in other times, life is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of those mm-hmm. things don't disappear. You can't just no, get rid don't. of them with a mm-hmm. with a prayer or a meditation. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can have ten minutes where you give mm-hmm. your brain some sort of quiet, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's hard at first, um, mm-hmm. I think it just do you the world of good of just getting a little bit of perspective, a little bit of breathing space, and yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I think it can seem like a scary thing because it's related to all of that religious stuff, but um, I don't think it needs to be. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. We both know. Thank you for listening to Greater, Stronger, Wiser, Two Overthinking Musicians. We'll see you next week. Too tricky to handle.
too tricky to handle I'm too tricky to handle Too tricky I am too So I do ramble, my gosh <laughs> It's great, it's great Don't worry, I'm editing <laughs> Yes, yes, that's true <laughs>